Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Look at your mortgage payment and see it as a debt. See it as the full number that it is and the weight that it actually carries and then devise your plan of how are you going to attack it. That person would be absolutely right that paying off a house at you know a 3.25% interest rate is certainly you're not going to amass as much wealth in the long term as if you were investing in the stock market but i think the biggest thing that i always come back to is what is your metric of success you know is it having a larger pile of money in the bank when you die or is it just having flexibility in a in a rhythm of life that doesn't involve having debt and doesn't involve having a big mortgage This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're bringing you another Best of MKM episode. This week, we are featuring two interviews we did in 2019 and in 2022 with two different parents who paid off their mortgages before the age of 40. Jesse Furon from Georgia and John Banker from Colorado are our two featured guests today. They're both going to share the details of their mortgage-free journeys, and they're going to get detailed with the numbers so we understand how they did this crazy thing. Also, we're going to talk about what becoming mortgage-free means to them and their spouses and how this newfound freedom affects their family financial journey going forward. Without further delay, let's jump into this Best of MKM episode from 2019 and 2022 with Jesse Furon and John Banker. How would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our Mortgage Freedom Series today, we're going to interview someone who eliminated their mortgage on a single middle-class income in less than eight years years. Jesse Firon is our guest today. Jesse is a wife, mother to three little ones, and during their nap time, she's a financial coach. Her inspiring story and advice has been featured in the Huffington Post, NerdWallet, and BuzzFeed. When Jesse's not crushing her debt and motivating others to do the same, she's singing Garth Brooks songs and spending time with her family. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you so you can inspire others to do this wild feat that you and your family did. (laughs) So when did you buy this now paid for house? It was in May of 2011, and it was quite the foreclosure. There was rats living in my house. I literally sat at the table signing the document, looking next to my husband, going, what did you just convince me to do? Like, you expect me to move into this house that is destroyed and has rats living in it. Okay, like, whatever. (laughs) Well, so 2011, rats in, and I'm assuming you got a good deal. So give us a little bit of information on the financials. (laughs) What what did you guys buy? How much was it? And I'm assuming you did some upgrades to get rid of the rats. We we did. We did. Thank God, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I said, it was a foreclosure. And so even though the general economic recession was over, our area was still kind of feeling the negative effects of that. So we bought our house right at $89,000. That's what our mortgage starting off was back in 2011. And I'm lucky enough to be married to a master craftsman. He's a professional remodeler. I didn't have to pay for a lot of the labor that went into fixing my house, including chasing off the rats because I wasn't doing that. <laughs> That's incredible. So what kind of upgrades did you guys do when you got the place? Well, we had to do all of like the code upgrades for one because our home was built in 1979. So there was a lot of like the code issues that had to be taken care of. We did all of that. We had to rip up all the flooring because all the flooring was installed incorrectly. The woman that lived here before, part of the reason that there was rats in the house is because apparently she was not the cleanest person ever. So so there was a lot of things that had to be replaced, especially a carpet that was like in our basement. It was, there was mold everywhere. She had cats. And if you've ever had cats, you know what that smells like. And um, so we had to fix all that. Quite a bit of stuff went into fixing our house, doing the upgrades of like granite countertops and the stack stone fireplace behind me. That's like, that's the only thing that we paid labor on because my husband's not a basin, so I can't do that. But those little things like that we did throughout the ownership of our home, we've had to make the upgrades of upgrading the windows because we had the single pane windows from 1979, which were terrible. And we had to replace the roof because the roof was like 30 years old and leaking. <laughs> wow. So you guys did a lot. You bought the house for a good yes. deal, but you had to do a lot to get it livable. Yes. And if yes. you guys are on the YouTube right now, you can see their, their, their nice home in the background right now. It's a beautiful yes. place. <laughs> also, awesome that you married up and you got somebody that can kind of fix all this stuff. I did the same yeah. thing. I am not handy at all. My wife is an incredible fixer. She goes around the house fixing everything. I love it. So we both married up. That's awesome. So, yes, so, you, guys, <laughs> so you guys got this place. You fixed it up. When did you decide, I don't want to have a mortgage anymore? At what point did you say, we're going to pay this thing off? Well, it kind of happened after we paid off all of our consumer debt, which was right in 2015, right before we right before I gave birth to our third child. We had paid off just over $55,000 of consumer debt. And so we were starting to build up our savings account, everything like that. And I kind of just kept looking at our mortgage and I was like, you know, we paid off more debt than this in two years. Like, why are we like, why not just pay off the mortgage? Like, this is kind of not making sense because we're late to the retirement game. Like we broke the cardinal rule of finance and took out my 401k like years ago. You know, you're not supposed to do that, right? <laughs> we totally did that. So, you know, we're paying for it now because we have to aggressively save for retirement. But when we started looking at our net worth income, we, our net worth income, our net worth calculation, we realized that if we paid off our mortgage, we could increase our net worth so much faster than just investing it. And then we could turn around and take our mortgage payment and invest it aggressively because we do live off of only my husband's income. And so we don't have a whole bunch of disposable income to invest with. Let's go back to the 55,000. So you guys okay. paid off $55,000 on a single income. How did you guys do that? My husband will tell you that it was through a lot of meatless meals, which my poor husband cannot stand. Like he can't stand that. He's like, no, where's my meat? Like I need meat. Like that's what I need. Through a lot of that, a lot of just kind of bootstrapping and selling off things that we didn't need anymore, picking up side jobs. Like I actually would go walk dogs in a local neighborhood and pick up dog poop for money, but it was a what I did so we could help pay off debt. And so, um, yeah, we just kind of aggressively did that from there. And it included me giving up my really nice car that I had so we could pay cash for a more well-loved used car. <laughs> That's great. So you guys made some sacrifices. You worked hard together. So you said your husband didn't like the meatless dinners. How were some of the conversations that went initially when you said, hey, I want to pay off this debt? Or was it his idea? How did that all go? 
We started 2012 pregnant and ended it pregnant. And that's what happens when you have Irish twins. And um, so because of that, you know, I was kind of going through our budget. I was pregnant with our second child trying to figure out, okay, what's money going to look like, you know, once baby number two comes. And I realized that it was just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And my husband, he kind of, he didn't grow up below the poverty line, but he grew up in that like teetering position, you know. So for him, it's always been a big deal to not struggle And I kind of realized that we were going to potentially be in that position. And so I brought it to his attention. And so after that realization, we were both like, all right, we're done with it. Like we cut up the credit cards right then and there. And we just made this plan to start aggressively attacking our debt until it was finally all gone, which was a very freeing and amazing feeling. (laughs) Did you guys get together at certain points of the week or the month to look at the numbers? How did you do that? Did you take a leadership position? How did that work? I took the leadership position because my husband, uh, he's <laughs> very uh, budget adverse. He's like, you know, I, I want to manage money, but you do the nitty gritty details. You got the accounting degree. You do that. I, I would actually create the budget. Still to this day, I create the budget and then I just kind of look over it with him, like ask him, okay, am I forgetting something that's, you know, upcoming, you know, what needs to be included, that type of thing. And, you know, then he just has veto power. He gets to say, you know, well, we got to put this in here. No, I don't feel like we need to add, you know, $50 extra this week to Christmas fund. I don't think we need to do that. You know, we need to put it here. And then we just kind of have those conversations and talk it through until we finally have a budget that we're both satisfied with. How important is that to give that opportunity to your spouse to say, I want your input. I guess give us an example of how maybe that hadn't gone well in the past for you guys. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I've got quite a few of those actually. So my husband is the spender and I'm the saver. And so an example of how that didn't go so well is that when we were first trying to become debt-free, my husband, he would always go into the gas station like before going to work and pick up a Red Bull. And it's like a $2 $2, I think 63 cent can of Red Bull. And so, but to my husband, it's just like, it's less than $3. It's not a big deal. Right. But he was doing that every single day, every single day, all month long. And it's like, Hey, this is adding up, honey. And I would, yeah, I would get mad at him and I'd yell at him and I'd scream at him. And then he would get really upset and defensive because he felt like I was controlling him. He felt like, well, you know, like what, what we don't have enough money for me to spend $3. Like he didn't like that feeling. Cause again, he didn't want to struggle. He didn't want to feel that way. And so $3 doesn't seem like a big amount of money. And so like, I finally had to learn to like kind of settle myself down and talk to him in more of a like, you know, one-on-one position instead of like taking like a motherly role screaming and yelling at him, like as if he was my child and not actually my husband. So, but yeah, that's how it didn't go so well, but it is very important to not try to control your spouse, especially when they have like a different money mindset and money upbringing than you do, because, you know, no one wants to be controlled. Like no no one likes to be controlled. And so I wouldn't want my husband to control me. And so I have to kind of remember that and to not try to control him as well. It's such an important insight, especially thinking about how we were raised and, you know, our background with money, because that has a lot to do with our motivations about maybe it's just $2.16 or whatever it was. But to him, that's like, hey, this is my treat. This is something that I want to be able to do. And and please don't just take that away from me. You know, so (laughs) so it's it's a very good conversation. I think it's really important for people to hear. So those are some of the things you guys worked on together to get rid of that debt. And then you got into this mindset of, hey, we did that. We can do the mortgage too. So talk about what strategies you guys used to pay down the mortgage. And if you're okay with it, give us an idea of your general income range around that time so people know how long that would take for somebody to do. 
So when we first got our mortgage, it was actually the mortgage payment was less than the rent that we had been paying before we bought this house. So at first we just paid like what was our rent payment towards the mortgage and applied the extra to principal and stuff. And then of course started having kids and our income was a little tighter and tighter and tighter. So we were only able to pay the minimum on our mortgage. And then, so once we started getting aggressive about paying it off, which happened right at about the beginning of 2017 is when we got aggressive on trying to pay it off as fast as possible. We just, honestly, we applied every strategy that we used when it came to getting out of debt and building up our emergency fund. We just applied every additional penny that we had for like we, you know, did the bare bones budget, you know, where everything was like kind of bootstrapped and took all the money we could from our budget, threw it towards the mortgage, side jobs, side hustles, selling off stuff that we don't need. I'm always surprised at like what people will buy something for. <laughs> and so we did all of that until we finally made it happen in January. I was so excited. <laughs> wow. So really, I mean, you did buy it in 2011 and you paid it off in 19. Uh, yes. So it was eight years in time. But really, you say your focus time was really over the past couple of years. Yes. So yes. you guys went kind of nuts. So like in 2017, what was your general principal balance at that time? Did you guys have like 30,000 left over or 50,000? Where, where where were you? Just over 27,000 okay. on wow. the mortgage. Okay. So 27,000 in two years crushed gone, no yeah. mortgage. Love it. <laughs> That's it's, so cool. it's very, it's very nice. It's <laughs> very cool. And again, you were, I mean, I know you have this personal finance coaching thing you're doing on the side, but it really was on one income during that time period. It was, it was, okay. it was, you know, I mean, my husband is mostly his income. My income is very sporadic and we actually only, I only pull $500 a month from my business to pay for my daughter's preschool. So wow. everything else was pretty much just side hustle money that That's came from Selling That's off incredible. stuff. <laughs> That's incredible. And what, what's the general income range you guys are working on with that single income? It's just a little bit over $3,000 a month. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Wow. I mean, that's aggressive. Very cool. That's that's great. Congratulations. So you. when you paid that off, I follow you on Instagram. I'm a big fan of what you're doing there. How did you guys celebrate your big day when you paid this thing off? We did a dance party with the whole family. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that's like our thing. Like we just did a big dance party. My husband and I had champagne. I bought like, you know, the little sparkling grape juice for the kids. And so I let them have like the big fancy like wine glasses because I didn't want them breaking my really nice like crystal like champagne flutes. So I was like, here, have these like wine glasses that somebody gave me that I don't want to wear. <laughs> have those. So, but they thought it was really fun. And so that's kind of how we celebrated paying off the house. We didn't do anything too crazy, but we are being able to take three family vacations this year because we paid off the mortgage. And that is is like awesome because we, we only started taking family vacations in 2016, which is the year after we became consumer debt free. So I being able it. to take three is pretty awesome. That's cool. So you guys are, are taking advantage of this big victory and celebrating as a family. Where are you going? Are you doing something exciting? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to Tybee Island, Georgia, which is our favorite place ever. My husband and I will be married for 10 years in July. So we are taking our kids up to the mountains in Helen, Georgia, where we got married. So it's a real cute, like little German town up there that we got married in. So we're going to take them there. And then we're going, we're going to my family's reunion up in Kentucky. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, that is so cool. That is so cool. So you, you guys are going on a little bit more vacations, having a little bit more fun. You're going to have a little bit more money now without paying a mortgage. What are you guys going to do with this extra money besides enjoying yourselves with some vacations? We are going to be um, investing as much as possible and, of course, saving money because we do eventually plan to buy another piece of property with the intention, of course, of paying that mortgage off as fast as possible. So um, that's kind of all of our 
our big goals because eventually my husband wants to build his own house from the ground up. That's a big goal of his, but that's going to require some working up towards, but that's the ultimate goal. (laughs) So talk to me about that other piece of property. Is that going to be something that you're going to rent out or is that going to be another home for you guys? How how are you going to do that? We haven't 100% decided that it would more likely be another home for us. And then we would potentially rent this house out or sell this one. We haven't, again, we haven't really decided. We both were kind of like, well, maybe we try it for a year being a landlord and see if we like it. And then if we don't like it, then we just sell the house because we don't have a mortgage on it. So (laughs) whatever we sell it for, we get, you know, into our pocket. So that's great. So Nicole and I are thinking of getting another house too. We're thinking of renting that out. We got kind of crazy with this debt freedom stuff too. And we're trying to save up all of our money to buy it in cash. But man, and is it taking a long time. So talk to us about your strategy. You said you're thinking of getting a mortgage and then paying it off again because it worked once. Let's do it again, right? What kind of mortgage would you get? How much would you put down? Things like that. We would plan to put 20% down. So, and our goal would be, again, because I'm married to a remodeler, we would try to find the biggest piece of junk foreclosure that we could to buy it for as cheap as possible. So we could have hopefully a very cheap mortgage again to be able to pay off as fast as possible. And then again, because we don't have a mortgage on this house, we'd only have one mortgage payment and we'd be able to stick money into flipping the other house. So if you could look back to 2011 when you bought that house and give yourself one piece of advice now that you've gone through this process together, this long road of being able to pay off $55,000 in debt, your entire mortgage. What piece of advice would you give yourself back then to motivate yourself to do what you've done? One would be to just trust my husband because I got some trust issues apparently. So to trust him, to trust that he knows what he's doing and to trust that, you know, he will be on board with this and that I don't have to control him because again, that was always a big deal for me. I tend to try to control people, don't know why, but to trust him and to trust the process and, you know, you can do it because there was many times that I kept thinking like, this will never happen. Like we'll never get there. But instead of allowing fear to consume me, to just let the fear kind of drive me towards achieving that goal. And now that you're mortgage-free and you've done a lot of these exciting things in your life, are you doing anything with your children so that they are picking up some of these tips or or understanding personal finance at all, or is it more through just uh, modeling? We're, we're doing it more through modeling than actually because they don't even get commissions or allowance. Um, we tried that and it didn't really work so well. And I think it's just because like my kids are, you know, they're still really young. So I don't think they quite understood it. So we're trying to hold off and wait a little bit longer. But we're hoping that by modeling to them that, you know, I shop with cash. So they see physical cash leaving my hand. You know, they understand that that's how money works. And they understand that things cost money. And they understand that mommy and daddy don't have a mortgage and that, you know, we made it a big deal and that mommy. I don't have car payments. We don't have these things and that we've chosen this lifestyle that this isn't like, this isn't a burden and this isn't like unjoyful. It's actually enjoyful. And so we're hoping that by sharing that joy with them that, you know, eventually when they're older, they'll hopefully partake in this uh, debt-free lifestyle too. That's incredible. Well, this is a great message. So there's a young parent listening right now who's saying, I want to be mortgage-free. That sounds awesome. I want to inspire my kids. I want to have that for our family. What advice would you give them to get started right after they finish listening to this? To make sure that you see like your mortgage amount as debt. Because I know that for a long time for us, you know, I mean, I moved out of my parents' house at 18 years old. So I've been paying, you know, somebody, whether it's a landlord or a bank, you know, a payment every month to live in a dwelling. And so for so long, I just was 
doing that habit of paying a payment every single month because I had to. But then the moment that I sat down and I saw our actual mortgage and I saw how much it was, like I said, you know, it was like, I realized, wait, we, we paid off more than that in two years. Like what, like what, why are we just making this small little minimum payment every month when we can actually pay it off more aggressively, but just look at your mortgage payment and see it as a debt, see it as the full number that it is and the weight that it actually carries. And then devise your plan of how are you going to attack it? You know, what extra money can you pull from your budget? You know, what can you do any side hustles? Can you sell some stuff? You know, go watch tidy up on Netflix and you'll be just getting rid of everything that you practically own. (laughs) I love it. This is awesome. Jesse, thank you so much for taking your time with us today. And where can people connect with you and learn more about you? They can find me um, on Instagram at Jesse Farron and online at jessefarron.com. Excellent. If you guys want some great advice and some transparency on what's going on in the Furon household, definitely check her out on Instagram. I will put that information in the show notes. Uh, Jesse, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Andy. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high quality meats. And now we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, AKA the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview John Banker from Canyon City, Colorado. Recently, John and his wife, Amy, became mortgage-free in their 30s. Today, we're going to learn how they accomplished this family financial goal and what they're going to do with their money now. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm glad you're here. And thanks so much for sharing with us. I believe that transparency and openness really helps other people who are listening. So thank you for doing that for us today. I like to start with the mortgage-free three. These are quick, short answers that help people understand the crazy thing that you did here. So let's start off with the first one. What was your starting mortgage principal balance? Yeah. So we bought our home in 2009 for 155000 and our starting principal balance is about one hundred forty-seven. One hundred forty-seven thousand dollars in two thousand nine. Now, being in Colorado, I don't know. I feel like real estate's gone up a little bit. We'll talk about that in just a minute. How long did it take for you to pay off this mortgage? It took us about seven and a half years, but we really didn't start accelerating our mortgage payment payoff until you know the last. Uh, essentially, until our balance at one hundred thousand, we really wanted to knock it out at that point. 
And that took us uh, 22 months. Wow. Okay. So when it got to 22 months, you guys just sort of raced to the finish line. Okay, cool. What is your home value today, knowing that you got it in 2009? I misspoke. That was, 2013 was when we purchased oh, okay. the home. Sorry. December 2013. Got it. But yes, our home value today, you know, again, we haven't gotten appraisal or anything like that, but I, I did check on Zillow and it's about 316 on there which doesn't account for some of the pretty significant remodels we did when we purchased the home. We kind of gutted it and redid some things. So it's probably, I would say it's close to maybe 340 or so approximately. That's incredible. That is an incredible growth and just proof that uh, real estate is a good investment. I love it. Very cool. So this is fantastic. So seven and a half years, but, but within that last 20 months, you guys went crazy. Let's talk about the reason around this. Why did you decide that becoming mortgage-free was something that you were even interested in doing, John? You know, when we first got our mortgage, you know, we were certainly just making our payments on that, focusing on our retirement, that kind of thing. But, you know, I think we just kind of realized that if we paid off our house, you know, those are some, some benefits you can realize now, you know, having that freed up cash flow to do the things you want to do whether it's safe for retirement or just, you know, whatever it is in your life that you're up to, you know, as compared to really, really going aggressive on retirement savings, you know, those are things you're not really going to realize for a lot of years, assuming again, that you, you get, you get to live to that age or whatever. I think sometimes we take that for granted. So I think that was a big one for us is just, you know, this is something that can really make a difference and an impact that we can realize now and for the rest of our lives. And do you think being a father to some young kids makes you want to live more for today a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just having that security and and flexibility is is really key. Let's talk about some of the nitty gritty. You got this home in 2013. What type of loan did you get when you started the process? Yeah. So we got a a 15-year conventional fixed rate, you know, pretty basic, basic loan. Okay. And then what kind of rate did you get in 2013 for that? 3.25. 3.25. Awesome. This sounds exactly like my situation. We got this in 2013, 15 year. We had about a 3% fixed rate. So yeah, very similar. And then you said originally the home was around 160. Did I hear you say that right? Well, how much did you put down, I guess? So we put 5% down. 5% down. Okay, cool. Yeah, the purchase price was 155000 Seems like it's been a great investment for you as you guys have uh, made that down the road. Definitely. uh, We got lucky on that. (laughs) We definitely got in at the right time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Real estate's been fantastic over the past 10 years. Let's talk about some steps that you took to pay this off. Some people are listening saying, wow, how do you pay a mortgage off with all the things you've got going on in life? What did you do? Did you increase your income? Did you decrease your expenses? What did you do to make this possible? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, you know, just acknowledging the position of privilege to even... (laughs) Being a, a spot to be able to think about paying off your home early was key. You know, being debt free was huge for us. Very blessed in the sense that my parents and my grandparents covered the cost of education for both my undergraduate and graduate degrees. So that was huge, you know, a, a real big head start for us. Same with my wife, you know, Amy, her dad covered the majority of the cost for her undergrad degree. So that really just gave us a big head start where we could start thinking about you know, some of these bigger goals. I love that you pointed that out. Not everybody has some of the blessings that other folks have. So I appreciate you acknowledging that. Outside of those privileges that you had, did you guys do some things to, you know, make the budget work in your favor to pay off this mortgage? Absolutely. And yeah, we did, you know, try to, you know, maximize our, our income, 
you know, I had a, a, a PRN position, you know, I'm a physical therapist working in a, in a hospital. And I, I also worked extra as a PRN at, a, at another facility, did that for quite a few years, just to try to maximize that. And then, you know, always on the flip side of the coin as well, just minimizing our expenses. We've always been kind of naturally frugal. My wife and I got married in 2009 and we bought a, you know, a three-year-old Honda Civic a 2006. And we're actually still driving that car as a family of four. So that was another big one is just avoiding that lifestyle creep. I don't think that can be overstated enough, you know. So often, you know, our incomes increase and, you know, you, you get other toys or, you know, raise your, your standard of living a little bit. I think we've just really been cognizant of that and trying to avoid it and, you know, just deciding what's important to us and really focusing on those things. You know, we, we just said, like I, I might've mentioned, we just had the one vehicle for a family of four. You know, I'm an avid cyclist. I ride my bike to work, just those kinds of things. You know, that's just kind of where we're at with things and we enjoy it. I love that. Well, you live in an area, and I don't know Canyon City specifically, but Colorado in general, I know, is many, many days of sunshine. So it's probably great to get out there on your bike and realize, uh, I guess, the, the beauty of the nature that you have there. You mentioned the Honda Civic. How do you fit kids in a Honda Civic? I thought you needed an SUV. What's that all about? No, absolutely I don't get it. not. Absolutely not. It's a myth. <laughs> <laughs> they fit in the car? How does that work? They actually fit in the they car. Fit. There's okay. actually five seats, and we only have to fill four of what? them. What? So. Okay. All right. Well, this is news to me no I, I'm yeah, facetious. So, yeah i know we kind of get that a lot it's, it's not typical but you know we enjoy it and we just do what's important to us i'm as the kids grow we'll, we'll certainly be getting a larger vehicle but they fit just fine in the back seat and you know we've never had had a hard time with that it is an interesting point when you get to that point where you're like okay we are definitely standing out in in the car pickup line or whatever compared to a lot of folks but you know what i think standing out sometimes can help when you're doing crazy things like paying off your mortgage early right absolutely yeah and another thing that really helped us as well was you know just kind of the nuts and bolts of you know how we how we actually paid off the mortgage was you know we use a pretty simple you know google spreadsheet every month we kind of have a budget there we're not real strict on budget categories our big thing is income minus expenses you know is going to be positive every month but yeah so we we basically track that pretty closely i'm kind of the, the money nerd for sure my, my wife not as much but yeah so i'll basically plug all those numbers in and at the end of the month you know after we've paid all of our expenses whatever's left pretty much down to the down to the penny we we were rolling to to our mortgage principal. I love and we it. just kind of consistently did that for, for 22 months for that last $100,000 on our balance. What happened 22 months ago where you said, hey, let's race to the finish line. Let's get this thing done. Did the pandemic help that because you guys were at home more, spending less? I don't know. I think we, it was just kind of always a goal of ours to pay, the off, pay off our house. And I think when it got to that 100000 mark, it was just kind of a nice like, hey, you know, let's get crazy on the mortgage and knock this thing out. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love the numeric goal where you're like, whoa, this thing has never been below 100. And to see just five numbers is insane. So let's keep going. I love that. That's very cool. Yeah. During that time with our payoff, we did drop our retirement savings in our 401k down to essentially 6%, which was the, the match that I could get 100% on at work. And that was definitely a little bit of a sacrifice, but I think it kind of kept us motivated just to get that goal faster and then being able to come back and 
get back on the retirement bandwagon a little more aggressively. Got it. Well, let's talk to the person who listened to that statement right there and says, wow, man, you totally missed out on some big gains and you missed out on some growth. Why would you do that? Talk to that person. Explain your rationale. That person would be absolutely right that, you know, paying off a house at, you know, a 3.25% interest rate is certainly you're not going to amass as much wealth in the long term as if you were investing in the stock market. But I think the biggest thing that I always come back to is what is your metric of success? You know, is it having a larger pile of money in the bank when you die? Or is it just having, you know, the flexibility and and a rhythm of life that, you know, doesn't involve having debt and doesn't involve having a big, a big mortgage. So, you know, I I was, we were fully aware of missing out on some, you know, some gains, but it was well worth it to us. And, you know, just, I think for us too, it's just contentment. What do you need to be happy and fulfilled? And to us, it's not necessarily having more money in the bank. Although, you know, that's still our goal and we're still working towards those things for sure. But just knowing how much is enough, I think is, is huge. John, I love that sentiment. It is for me too. I feel like it's not about maximizing my wealth so I can have a big pile when I die. It's about maximizing our happiness, maximizing the life experiences that we can have today. What's going to calm my brain? What's going to make me feel good? What's going to make my family feel comfortable? I love that sentiment. Can you talk just generally, you know, people here, you know, paying off your mortgage in a quick time frame? Can you talk about a general income range so people understand what you guys are coming with? Sure. We purchased our home in, in 2013. I was in my first year in my career as a physical therapist, I was earning about approximately $60,000 a year. My wife, Amy, she's a kindergarten teacher. She was at that time. And uh, that was right around, we had our son Levi when he was born and, and my wife was basically staying home with him at that time. So that's where we were at as a starting point. Got it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, you guys have done some incredible work over the years, making this a goal. So how are things different for you now? Are you guys celebrating? What are you doing with the extra money? Talk to us about that. Like I mentioned, we've certainly uh, turned the dial back up on the (laughs) the 401k. So we're maxing that out now. And that's where we're at with with the financial piece. And just, uh, you know, right now we're setting a little extra cash aside. We've got some some bigger trips coming up uh, over the holidays, that kind of thing. So Yeah, nothing too crazy. Just kind of feels like things are a little more on autopilot now where, you know, goals are going to be accomplished, kind of setting some things up automatically, which just makes it easy to not really have to stress too much about it. I love that. And I understood you said Amy is uh, less of the money nerd than you are. How did some of those conversations go early on where you're saying, hey, let's pay off this mortgage? Was that always a conversation Amy was interested in? Yeah, so I, I kind of initiated it. But she was certainly on board. I think we've always just kind of we talk about things and, you know, think about what the future wants to look like for us. And she's always been extremely supportive and on board. She lets me, uh, you know, really get the nuts and bolts figured out. But she's always supportive. And yeah, we, we definitely work together well in that area. I love it. Well, you're going to do something big like this. You need some teamwork. So that's fantastic, John. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. If people want to get in touch with you, are you on Instagram or Twitter or something like that where somebody can shoot you a note or? I'm at jbanker86 at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for your time today. If people have some questions, it sounds like you're open to them reaching out and sharing this transparency and help for a lot of people who are looking to hit this goal as well. John, thank you so much today. Absolutely, Andy. Really appreciate it coming on. Yeah. 
As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Hey, I got a big tip Tuesday update for you. My nine-year-old son, Calvin, and I woke up a little early for school today, and we decided to hand out $100 to the sanitation workers who came by to pick up our garbage this morning. They thanked Calvin. They gave us some high fives. They gave us fist bumps and a lot of smiles. It felt like their day just got brighter on this snowy morning here in Michigan. I am so glad that my boy Calvin was there with me when we gave this money because giving back is not only important, but it's fun. The amount of evidence that points to long-term joy and happiness being correlated with giving and service to others makes me think that giving like this should be a core part of all of our lives. Let me share what Time Magazine had to say specifically about this. Through fMRI technology, we now know that giving activates the same parts of the brain that are stimulated by food and sex. Experiments show evidence that altruism is hardwired in the brain and it's pleasurable. Helping others may just be the secret to living a life that is not only happier, but also healthier, wealthier, more productive, and meaningful. Wow. (laughs) That's what I want for my kids. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for my own life. And that's what I want for you. So join us for Big Tip Tuesday this year. Give generously and share the news with me on social media and tag us at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram or Facebook or at Andy Hill, MKM on LinkedIn. Again, Big Tip Tuesdays, just giving generously in your community to people who are working hard in the service industry and letting them know that you appreciate them. And you can do that through kind words and, of course, a generous big tip. So let's be the good news, everybody. Let's be the change that we want to see in our communities. Thanks. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from George A. Moore. A man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. Best wishes on your mortgage-free journey, my friends. Carpe diem. 